0: Welcome to Everyday Faith Radio. This is Jeff Gaffney, your host for the next 30 minutes, as we have a conversation about faith and how to integrate our faith into all the areas of our lives. On this program, we share testimonies and faith journeys intended to encourage you if you're already a believer and challenge you a little bit if you're still checking out faith, because the Bible says, faith comes by hearing in hearing from the Word of God. So that's what we like to do on this show. We share the Word, and we we pray that God will open up your hearts to receive it today, and that it will bless you mightily. We'd like to start the program with a scripture reading, and today is one that the Lord put on my heart. It's from the Old Testament. It's from the book of Isaiah, and it goes like this. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 to 31, goes like this. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Again, that's Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 to 31. It's applicable to today's show. We're going to get to that in a minute. I want to remind you that we have all of our podcasts loaded on iTunes. We also have a website. It's everydayfaithradio.com. Thank you so much again for tuning in this morning. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our special guest. Please stay with us.
1: Here's what's happening in Central Virginia. The 18th annual series of visits to local gardens in the Charlottesville area is taking place at Wadley's Garden in Keswick, June 8th from 9 to noon. For details and to make reservations, visit PiedmontMasterGardeners.org. Join the safe summer kickoff hosted by Moms Demand Action for Gun Safety in America on June 8th from 10 to 2 in Crozet. Get tips on keeping your family and pets well this summer. Enjoy Kona Ice and visit the free book bus. Join Phil Stokes for a nature walk at Ivy Creek Natural Area on June 15th from 9 to 11. All walks are free and open to the public. Participants meet at the kiosk near the parking lot. The Kids Swing Golf Tournament presented by the Albemarle County Rotary Club is on June 17th at the Glenmore Country Club Golf Course. Visit kidswing.org for more information. If your charity or nonprofit has an event, email your information at least four weeks in advance to psa at monticellomedia.com. For more events, visit our website WCHV.com.
0: And then you're out of desperation. No, you the only one. Lord above, I need a miracle. Welcome back to Everyday Faith Radio. This is Jeff Gaffney, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're having a great weekend. Today on the show, we have back with us, who we refer to now as the Comeback Kid, Michael Guthrie, is with us on the program and Michael, uh, many in this community have been praying for you, and if they saw you today, they would say those prayers have been
2: answered. A lot of the prayers have been answered, and keep them coming, because I've got a ways to go.
0: Uh, you look great. Thank you. And um, it's, it's really uh, inspirational to have you on the program. I'm going to let Michael explain kind of w- the circumstance that he's been battling, and then we're going to sort of get to... What has God taught you during that circumstance? But first, let's catch our listeners up in terms of what you've been going through.
2: Yeah, so um, I appreciate the opportunity to kind of share a little bit of my story. I, on March 2nd, um, I was uh, um, transported via ambulance from my home to uh, UVA Hospital because. Uh, for whatever reason, my my body, my, the movement of my body was, was shutting down. I lost the use of my legs and was beginning to uh, lose the use of my arms. And so uh, ambulance took me into UVA Hospital on March 2nd, and I was diagnosed pretty quickly because it presented um, so clearly. Uh, with a thing called Guillain-Barre syndrome, uh, which basically they don't really know why it happens, um, but basically what happens is, maybe because of a virus, maybe whatever, your autoimmune system basically betrays you. And instead of uh, helping, uh, you fight anything it it literally started destroying the myelin sheathing around my nerves And so the best way of explaining it is that it's kind of like you start cutting an electric uh, cord and at some point the lights are going to go out hmm. And so that's started what happened is my body um, Myelin sheathing started being away the nerves uh, start stopped communicating with the muscles uh, started lo- lost the use of my legs um, and then by Sunday, March 3rd, I was literally uh, in the step-down ICU at U- UVA, not being able to move anything but my fingers and my toes. Mm-hmm. And I uh, was like that for about three weeks, um, did have no movement at all. And then, thankfully, uh, St. Patrick, yeah, Patrick's Day, March 17th, uh, my arms started moving again. And, uh, and basically what Guillaume barre does is it... It, the virus attacks you, but then they do this thing called plasma exchange, there's a fancier name for it, but that's what I say about it, and basically it's like dialysis. So uh, every day, for I uh, had five treatments every other day, so I had five treatments over a 10-day period, and uh, they took the old proteins that were, were, for whatever reason, not doing what they are supposed to be doing, and they replaced them with good, and the good started winning, and once it won, it was kind of, it's kind of like the tide coming mm-hmm. in. The water comes in to a certain place, and then it goes out. Well, for me, thankfully, it stopped where, with the movement, except for my fingers and toes. It could have gone into my diaphragm, which would have caused me to be on a ventilator, breathing tube, that kind of thing. Thankfully, that didn't happen. But just as it came in, it goes out. So my arms started working again, and then slowly but surely, my you know my uh, legs started to kind of move a little bit, and and ultimately, after fifty-six days, thirteen days in the hospital, 4, forty-three days in rehab. Uh, I, I literally pretty much walked out of Albemarle Rehab. I had a cane, um, but um, jokingly with my PT, as I walked out the door with my back to the PT, I, I swung my cane around like I was Charlie mm-hmm. uh, Chaplin as I, as I walked out mm-hmm. of the uh, out of PT. And now it's been a month month later, mm-hmm. and uh, as I shared with you earlier, today's a watershed moment for me. I am cleared to drive again, and uh, so I drove to the studio on my own, which my wife is very happy about, because <laughs> she's not having to show for me around, or not as much. And then I walked over a half a mile this morning without the cane, and um, uh, it's pretty extraordinary. Mm. Uh, the the prayers have been answered. Uh, God has been faithful in the midst of my recovery. I still have a long way to go. But the PT folks uh, at Almar Rehab, uh, when I first came in there on March 13th, they they wrote in their records that I would not get out of there until the middle of June. Wow. And um, and when I did get out, they expected me to be with a walker and only be able to go about 100 feet at a time. Mm. And I left there on um, April 25th, um, pretty much walking out of there. So um, just amazing. Um, there's so many uh, different stories to tell, so many lessons that mm-hmm. have been learned. But the, but the main thing is, is that the prayers of the people uh, were absolutely extraordinary, uh, encouraged us. Uh, we believe they were answered. Um, we still covet those prayers because uh, the stamina and the physical ability to do things is still a long way uh, to go. But I am just so much farther along than anybody anticipated me being, so I'm, I'm really grateful for that.
0: I have so many questions. Again, this is Everyday Faith Radio, and we have Michael Guthrie on the program. Um, let me start with this. Any significance in your mind? Have you synthesized the fact that this was sorted during the run-up to Easter? Does that any play any significance to you that um, you know maybe this was a little bit of your time in the desert?
2: Well, I, it absolutely was my time in the desert, uh, no doubt about it. And you know, it's easy uh, for people to look at you and see that you have a faith when everything's great. You know, you get a beautiful wife and kids and grandkids. You fairly successful in your workplace. Uh, you've got a lot of friends. You you are involved in a lot of different you know community organizations. Blah blah. blah. It's really easy to say, oh yeah, well you got it all going on. Uh, but, when you hit something like this, you 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 find out pretty quickly, is your faith real, and are is your hope still in God, and are you going to believe that god 's going to do his work in you, uh, regardless of recovery or not and um, uh, Easter certainly you know played a role in it quite honestly, UVA basketball played a role in it. Wow. Uh, yeah. It was a very interesting thing you know they lost to the number sixteen seed the year before, and they ab- embraced that adversity you know tony 's comment about you know, when you embrace adversity well, it gives you a ticket to um, go to places you never thought you could go. Um, I lived that out, mm-hmm. and uh, and I believe that God is taking me places that I never would have gone because of the lessons that I learned um, that I'm going to be able to share with others. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in our weakness we are made strong, um, and when you have adversity, uh, it gives you the opportunity to talk with people in a way that when you didn 't have it, mm-hmm. you know people say well you don't, you don 't understand well, you know in a lot of ways, I can understand things i i couldn 't understand before, mm-hmm. having gone through what i 've gone through and still still' am going through
0: what about today 's scripture read from isaiah um, we I read the n i v version that says those who hope in the Lord will have their strength renewed.' Uh, several of the other King James, New King James, say those who wait on the Lord will have their strength renewed. Does that
2: touch you in a way? Absolutely, and that was a that was a focal focal verse for me. Mm. Uh, it's been a, one of the first verses I ever memorized as a Christian uh, after becoming a Christian through young life. It was one of the first passages I memorized, and it's still there along with Philippians four, where it says, hey, "Have no anxiety at all." Mm. But um, with all prayer and supplication, make your requests be made go- known to God, and the peace of God, which transcends, transcends all human understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds on Christ Jesus. And those two verses were, were critical as I, as I went through this because um, I just had to hope in that. Now, the mm-hmm. good news for me. This isn't, wasn't a terminal disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a lot of people have it a lot worse than I do. I had a good friend who came to visit me who was in a uh, was hit by a car mm-hmm. when he was a junior in college. Uh, he had to learn everything all over again. He never knew if he would. Yeah. And uh, for me, um, it was no doubt from the very beginning. Dr. D-Duck, and I always give him a shout-out, he's the head of orthopedics at UVA, sports doc. He stood by my bed the first day and he said four things to me. He said, Michael, throughout this process even in the darkness of it remember that God loves you two it's going to get worse before it gets better mm-hmm. three you're in the best place you could be to have it treated and four you're going to get better and that was so important to me because as I laid in that bed for three weeks not being able to move my my hope was in Christ but my hope also was I'm going to get better mm-hmm. it's just a matter of when mm-hmm. is it going to happen whereas there are a lot of people out there that don't don't know that that's the case mm-hmm. and so uh, I've I, it, it's it's a it's a very different situation, and I understand that that I was fortunate. Even if it was miserable, I was fortunate in the fact that I had this hope. Not only in God, but I had this hope that I would in fact get better.
0: I have a couple more questions before we take our first break on the program. Uh, again, this is Everyday Faith Radio, and we have Michael Guthrie as our guest today. Next question that comes to mind for me the role of your sweet wife, mm. Dottie. When I see Dottie now, and we saw her the other night at the Fellowship of Christian Athletes banquet, she has a, a cute little smile to her now, sort of like, I don't know, the way I read it was, you sort of know what I've been through, but you don't know what I've been through, but now you see me on the other side of it. She just said, there was a lot, I, I read a lot into her.
2: It's just a sweet smile. You know, you and I are involved with faith and leadership, faith and leadership forum here in Charlottesville, and I got a chance to tell my story a few weeks ago. And one of the questions that was asked to me after I was after I shared was, "How did it impact your marriage?" Mm. And and what I say to people is, I never thought I could be more thankful for Dottie. I never thought I could love Dottie more, Mm. and I was wrong. I am more thankful now than ever, Mm. and I love her more because of the way she. Handle this. We joke about the fact that she's recovering from Guillain-Barré as well, in a <laughs> yeah. different way. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. thing, the best story is as we were leaving Alma rehab, and by you know, shout out to those folks. Uh, my physical therapist Tony and uh, his sidekick Robert, and mm-hmm. occupational therapist uh, Sherry and and um, uh, Hillary. Uh, they were unbelievable and got me to places I never thought I would get to as quick as I did. But the nurse manager said to me, "How long have you all been married?" And I said, 41 years. And she said, you are really fortunate. Mm. And I said, I am. And she said, no, I want to tell you that I see a lot of people in the worst situations. Your wife so fiercely advocated for you. Yes but always in a gracious manner. Mm -hmm. And she said, so many people come in there and throw up all over me and and whatever, and yet your wife always, even though she was fiercely for you, she was gracious toward me in regards to uh, your care. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that person because what a testimony to Dottie and her faith and her love for me Mm -hmm. and the way that she treated somebody else in the midst of her own uh, mess, you know, and mm-hmm. and we still, I mean, you know, in the afternoons, we finish lunch, and she heads to her room to take a nap, and I lie down and mm-hmm. the couch to take a nap, and she says, man, I'm recovering just as much as you mm-hmm. are, and I think, you know, a lot of ways, she still has a ways to go in processing all this. Mm-hmm. Um, the adrenaline, because I'm doing better, she, she doesn't have to be up all the time, mm-hmm. and so, you know, she's in a place where she's... Uh, you know, really trying to get her feet back and you know, uh, feet back under her, and uh, she just, she just set such an example. Uh, Pete Hartwig talked about Proverbs thirty one on Mother's Day, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is Dottie right here. Mm-hmm. Well, it was apparent
0: uh, through my visits was um, that you all had great love for each other, and you were an awesome doubles team. You sort of saw that. Um, last question before we take a break. Um, Some people, myself included, kind of early on in my faith journey, uh, don't really like to ask for prayer for themselves. It's almost like um, it's a sign of weakness, which we, of course, men can never show our weakness. Uh, Now... After myself being a recipient of a lot of prayer and seeing the the fruit of prayer, what would you say to anybody who's listening before we hit the break about the importance of prayer and kind of humbling yourself to ask for prayer?
2: I think what you just said is the key, humbling yourself. Uh, We had to, both of us had to uh, be willing to humble ourselves and ask for prayer because we needed it. Mm. We needed it for our strength. We needed it for recovery. uh, We needed it for encouragement, and it came in so many different uh, places. And I would say that once I started asking for it and receiving it and finding out how much it helped, everybody that came through the room in the hospital or in rehab, before they left, if I felt like they were people of prayer, I would say, would you please pray for me? Uh, and Dottie, before they left, people would say, anything I can do for you, let me know. Dottie was not afraid to mm-hmm. tell you what she needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a recliner in our rehab room that was delivered by Jeff Easter because he made the mistake of saying, what can I do for you? And Dottie said, we need a recliner that goes horizontal so that whoever's staying with Michael has a place to sleep. Oh. And sure enough, an hour later, that thing showed up. Mm. Um, so humble yourself before the Lord mm-hmm. and then allow the Lord in your, in your weakness to be, make you strong. And uh, once you start asking and you be the recipient of it and you see the positive aspect of it, it's not that hard to ask after that. No, it'll change you forever.
0: This is Everyday Faith Radio. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more of our interview with Michael Guthrie. Please stay with us.
1: Here's what's happening in Central Virginia. Receive a shirt and give a life at the Red Cross Community Blood Drive on Memorial Day, May 27th from 10 to 3 at 2975 Hydraulic Road. Hosted by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can register online at redcrossblood.org and be sure to use the sponsor code SAINTS1. The Virginia Chapter of the Veterans of Foreign Affairs will host a patriotic Memorial Day program on May 27th at Erlingsville Auto across from the street from the post office. The event begins at 10 a.m. The Louisa County Chamber of Commerce invite you to attend the Louisa Street Festival June 8th from 10 to 4. Come experience all Louisa has to offer food, music, and tons of shopping. The event is free and family friendly. Join Phil Stokes for a nature walk at Ivy Creek Natural Area on June 15th from 9 to 11. If your charity or nonprofit has an event, email your information at least four weeks in advance to PSA at Monticellamedia.com. For more events, visit our website, WCHV.com.
0: Continue around. Do no, you're not the only one Prayin Lord, above I need a miracle Welcome back to Everyday Faith Radio. This is Jeff Gaffney, your host, and with us on the program today, we have the Comeback Kid, Michael Guthrie, is with us. He's been sharing his battle against Guillaume Beret that he is winning, and it uh, looks great, and it's awesome to have him with us on the program. Michael, um... Let me go to this place. A couple of weeks ago, John Quisenberry was on the program from the Charlottesville House of Prayer. Before that, we had a a friend of his who came in from Fredericksburg named Randy Martinez, and he was talking about this um, spiritual growth spurt that's happening of all places in the Middle East, uh, and he, uh, Randy, is in the middle of that. one of the things that is is happening with a lot of our um, Muslim brothers is they are experiencing Jesus during dreams. And I'm wondering <laughs> if you had any of that experience during your time in the hospital. Uh, because what randy talks about is really and i'm gonna get to you in a second but what randy was saying is that these um muslims would show up at their little ad hoc church that they had set up in iraq of all places like not far from where isis was operating and these muslims would show up they'd knock on the door and they didn't even know where they were going and when 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 they were asked, what are you doing here, they said, the man in white visited me in a dream and told me I need to come here. The man in white being a reference to Jesus in the book of Revelation. That struck home to me because, as Michael Guthrie and I have shared, my father-in-law, Frank Kessler, met the man in white during his, the, the end of his life. He was in a coma, and that had a lot to do with his uh, conversion which had a lot to do with my spiritual growth. And so I'm just wondering, and that's a long-winded wind-up to you, but did you did you see the man in white?
2: I did not see the man in white, but I, I did experience uh, a few times, especially in the hospital, uh, when I couldn't move. I would wake up. Now, I could feel everything. Mm. I couldn't move, uh, other than my fingers and toes, but if people touched me, I, I could feel it. And I woke up several times, especially in the hospital. I can't remember if it happened in rehab or not. Where i felt like somebody was stroking my hand Mm -hmm. or somebody was touching my shoulder or whatever and when i woke up there was nobody there Mm -hmm. um and so i kind of took that as as uh, not to over spiritualize it but i there was a sense of peace for me that Mm -hmm. that somebody was or something was comforting me in that but what i did have is Time and time again, I could spend two hours talking about this, time and time again, God met me in certain places through a person at a particular time Mm. that came just at the right time. Mm. And uh, and some of it was people that, like Dr. D-Doc, at the end of the bed that that first day, I just really felt um, that that was something that really encouraged me throughout. Uh, There was a physical therapist on Monday, March 11th that came in and did an assessment, and they were going to transfer me to Health South, which I couldn't understand why they were going to transfer me there because I couldn't move anything but my fingers and toes. But nobody had told me about any alternatives. And he said, where are you going? And we told him, and he said, that's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And he said, what you need to do is find a limited service nursing facility and rehab and that's how we ended up at at Albemarle rehab if he hadn't come in that day either the next day or Wednesday I think is when I was discharged we would have been in Hell South and nothing against Hell South but it was not the right place for me Mm -hmm. to be for a lot of different reasons and if John hadn't come in on that Monday our, the course would have been totally changed, and I really believe that that was a God moment that uh, He sent Him to make sure that we went in a different direction. And there were a number of other of those. I, I've never had the the man in white experience. I know that it does happen, and I I believe that that people truly have those experiences. But the closest I did get was this real sense of somebody touching me and being right next to me and saying it's going to be okay
0: Mm. well let me let me flip the question let me go the other direction because i'm curious about this did you ever feel like you were under spiritual attack and maybe the enemy satan was coming after you and did you ever feel like a voice was coming at you saying it's over michael we're going to just pull the plug unless you renounce your faith right here did you ever did you ever feel like any of that coming at you no uh
2: and thankfully uh one of the again a really encouraging thing for me in a weird way about a week into the thing somebody was visiting i can't even remember who it was Dottie thankfully has journaled the whole thing in a notebook and i haven't had a chance to go back through it but i want to do that and sort of process some things um, but one of the things i remember is within the first five six days somebody came in and said, have you asked, why me? Mm. When you have something like this, oftentimes we go, why me, Lord? And I can honestly say that that question had never crossed my mind. Uh, I had Guillain-Barre, it was miserable, but I never questioned God in that situation. I never in one sense said, why me? Mm. Why is this happening to me? But I also had this renewed faith. Mm. Uh, Isaiah had this renewed faith that, my hope is in Christ. This is a terrible thing, uh, but God's going to meet me in this place, and and His good is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I'm going to fully recover. Everybody says that I'm going to fully recover. Um, but if not, then that's that's the story I'll tell mm-hmm. in regards to wherever I end up. But I I feel strongly in a way that I've never felt before, because I've never faced adversity like I've faced for, for this time period. That my faith is real, mm. and my faith is um, something that is is going to make is going to get me through whatever situations God has for me moving forward. All
0: right, let me throw one more at you here, and this is Everyday Faith Radio, and we have Michael Guthrie on, and he's talking about his battle with Guillermo and which he's winning, um, and he looks fantastic. Glad to report. Um, our listeners have heard me uh, quote this verse a lot: Genesis fifty twenty. I always come back on this show to Genesis fifty twenty. It's the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Gosh, does he have a raw deal? His brothers sell him into slavery. He gets falsely accused of rape. He's um, so he spends all this time in a prison cell. Uh, but at the end, um, you know, great things happen. To Joseph, uh, and and the punchline from his experience is Genesis chapter fifty, verse twenty, which my paraphrase says, "What the enemy meant for bad, God will use for good." How does that relate into this for you?
2: Uh, it relates absolutely. I can again could go on for a good long while of people who I don't even know who have followed my story, whether it be on Facebook or whether it be on CaringBridge, and have reached out to me to say, your story and the way that you have lived out this story has had a major impact on my life. One guy wrote, I've never been somebody that has ever read the Bible, but I'm reading the Bible now because of your posts and the way that they've encouraged me um, that this is something that I need to know more about. A woman reached out to me and shared how inspirational what I was posting was and and then went on to be very open and honest about her marriage and how it was failing and how what I was posting was giving her encouragement. Mm. And so I was able to put her in touch with, with three women who have reached out to her and have come around her to try to help her with that. That is good. Mm-hmm. Out of my adversity, mm-hmm. that is good. Uh, th- the other thing that somebody just said to me the other day, they said they, they, uh, that my situation reminds them a little bit of Job, and I said, don't even go there. Mm-hmm. One, I'm never reading Job again. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, I'm encouraged by because the difference between me and Job is that my friends didn't run away from mm-hmm. me. My friends didn't chastise me and say I didn't have faith. My, ra- my friends ran toward me. Mm-hmm prayed for me, encouraged me, supported me. And so my story is nothing like Job's because I never had a situation where I was alone. I always had people around me uh, making sure that I knew that that I was being cared for and prayed for, as we talked about earlier in the show, and they lived it out by uh, their example and about by being there for my wife and doing things for my wife- i mean just on and on so my story ends i, I don't i don 't even go there mm.
0: michael it 's great to have you on the program we 're winding down i 'm literally to the last question I have a hundred more questions for you, but i 'm asked this one at the end. Any of our listeners who are going through and battling an illness that are tuned in this morning, what would you say to them in terms of encouragement or how important your faith has been in this journey?
2: Well, the first thing, as we've already said, pray yourself. And ask the Lord to come in in the midst of it. Two, ask others to pray for you. And and the spinoff of that is you may think you're in it, you're, you're on your own, it's a dark place that nobody else can understand. I promise you that if you ask other people into it mm. and ask them to pray, a light is going to shine into that darkness, and, and God's going to use that to open that up and give you encouragement in a way to uh, help you persevere through whatever it is you're going through.
0: Michael Guthrie, I want to pray for you and your sweet wife, Dot your entire family and all of our listeners tuning in today may the Lord bless you and keep you may his face shine upon you and bring you peace this is everyday faith radio thank you all so much for tuning in I hope you have a fantastic Memorial weekend Michael it's so great to see you thank you thanks
2: for having me I enjoyed it
0: thank you everyone for tuning in again everyday faith radio we'll see you on the program next week have a great weekend It's like having a Fox News app right there in your dashboard. (laughs) Seaville 1075 and AM 1260, WCHV, AM and FM, Charlottesville
1: great fun and great progress in Japan. I'm Pam Pusso, Fox News. President Trump is tweeting on day two of a four-day state visit to Japan, where trade remains the dominant issue. The president hopeful a deal can be reached following Japan's July elections. The president also tweeting about another pressing issue, North Korea.
0: The president appeared to contradict his national security advisor, John Bolton, who said on Saturday that North Korea's firing of missiles into the Sea of Japan was a vile of United Nations Security Council resolutions. President Trump said he's not worried about it and believes that Kim will live up to his commitment, the promise he made to President Trump.